the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Pastor Jessica Stan to begin our Thursday broadcast of Way of Grace. God doesn't have to use devils to save souls when he's raising up saints. Why would he do that? Help me understand that logic. That God would use the devil to save people because God can't find believers. If you have that view of God, you have an idol. Do you understand that? See, again, a trolley horse is between your head. You don't understand how sovereign God is. You don't understand how God is able to raise up stones to praise him and exalt him. As Jesus said, God's not going to compromise his principles. Thank you for joining us today. This is Way of Grace with Pastor Jessica Stan. Welcome to our program. As we get closer and closer to the presidential election next year, potential candidates are going to try and get you to vote for them by telling you what you want to hear. Now, no matter where your political persuasions may lie, I think we can all agree that the truth oftentimes gets lost in the shuffle of political promises. Today's message from Pastor Jesse, however, is centered around truth. Here, there is no Democrat or Republican angle. God's Word is God's Word, not a party's Word. You either are for God or against Him. For the details, in Acts chapter 11, here's Pastor Jesse Gastand with today's broadcast of Way of Grace. They sent Barnabas down. Now, you and I know that Barnabas is a solid brother. He's solid. He's faithful. He's already demonstrated to be a mature man of character and sound in theology. We met him back in Acts chapter 4, didn't we? Where Barnabas was willing to give up his resources to establish the Jerusalem church. It was upon Barnabas' example of giving up his resources that you had Ananias and Sapphira coming along wanting to play the hypocrite and pretend that they were willing to give of their resources to advance the cause of the gospel. But Barnabas was one of those men who put his money where his mouth was because the gospel meant something to him. He wasn't just one of these cats that was alone for the ride. And among the brethren, he was noted to be deeply committed to the cause of Christ. And so they could send him. That's why the language says he was a good man, full of the Holy Ghost and of faith. And as a consequence of Barnabas's labor, watch this. Much people were added to the Lord. What a blessing. When a man or a woman or people can be used not only to strengthen that which is born, but to see more added to it. I covet that. I covet that. Because I, I still think that God is saving people today. He ain't saving people as easy as some folks are saying he's saving them. But I still believe he's saving people today. But I believe he's saving people contingent upon the methods that he uses to save. First of all, he saves people only through the truth. God does not save through lies. God does not have to compromise his truth in order to save people. 
He does not have to let unprincipled men and women teach lies in order to bring his people in. So when we use phrases like God can do anything, no, he can't. God can't lie. He's not going to tell us salvation is one way and then open the door for all kinds of other ways. God can't lie. He's not going to tell us salvation comes through the preaching of the word of God and then folks can get saved through music and through dreams and through visions and through clubbing and partying and taking mescaline and methamphetamine. No, you're not going to get saved, but one way, the preaching of the word. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Yeah, only one way. Now, it's a narrow way, and so carnal man does not like the fact that God uses a narrow means. But God can save a, a multitude of people through that narrow means. See, God's never limited. So even though he limits his methodology, his methodology does not hinder him from saving a multitude of which no man can number. And you and I cannot compromise God's methodology by which he saves, he sanctifies, he grows up, he strengthens, he bears fruit, and he uses just because in our own mind, it seemed like it can't be done. That's a Charlie Hart's between our two ears. That ain't got nothing to do with what God is up to. Once again, notice the methodology. They hear that men, men and women are hearing the word. What happens? Faithful men are being sent to that place so that those people can be taught. And again, this uh, affirms uh, a number of truths. So bearing witness to the work. You always want to bear record to the work if you're a faithful congregation or faithful leadership. You want to go and see that if what people have said about that group that appears to be zealous and on fire for God are really true believers. I hear often, you know, the Lord is doing the work over here. As soon as I find out what kind of preaching is going on there, I can determine whether or not God's actually doing the work. When I hear a whole bunch of chicanery and, 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 and false doctrine and false teaching, Signs and wonders and spurious this and spurious that. I know God's not working because God does not use lies to save souls. So that's false advertisement. And by the way, don't you hear this stuff all the time? God's doing a great work over here. You never hear, you know what? God's not doing much over here. It's always God's doing a great work. God's doing, and then when you find out that these crooks don't know anything about the gospel, you go, no, this is false advertisement. God's not working where the enemy is working. God doesn't have to use devils to save souls when he's raising up saints. Why would he do that? Help me understand that logic. That God would use the devil to save people because God can't find believers. If you have that view of God, you have an idol. Do you understand that? See, again, a Charlie Hart is between your head. You don't understand how sovereign God is. You don't understand how God is able to raise up stones to praise him and exalt him. As Jesus said, God's not going to compromise his principles just because he's in a hurry to get a whole bunch of people into the kingdom. So never let yourself fall prey to these sort of uh, irrational abandonment of ideas that make no sense and that contradict the word of God. So what we do when we hear about uh, places where allegedly there's a work taking place and people are being saved, what we want to do is not only we want to see whether it's true on two criteria. Is the gospel being preached? And is there authentic saving fruit in the life of those people? 
Is the gospel being preached and is there authentic saving proof? Why do I say that? Because it's not always so that wherever the gospel's preached, God is actually saving people. Sometimes all God is doing is bearing record to their hard hearts. Is that true? Jesus went all up and down Capernaum, Caesarea, Galilee. And in many cases, all he was doing was bearing record against their hard hearts. He said, now, if what I preached here would have been preached over there, they would have believed it long ago. So, 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 you know, just because the gospel's preached, it is not sort of like a, a, a post de facto. People actually have to be saved. Sometimes it's just bearing record against the hard hearts of those people. So then not only do we want to see, um, we want to know what kind of message is being preached. We want to see if there's authentic saving faith where people have come to a true saving knowledge of God, where there's humility, where there's a hunger for the word, where there's a desire for the truth of the gospel and where discernment is quickly, quickly developing in the life of Christians. See, true Christians, listen, ladies and gentlemen, have discernment. True Christians have discernment. They may not always know how to use it. But they have discernment. And what that means is early on in their Christian life, if it's a matter of a lack of information and data, if it's a matter of a lack of knowledge in their zeal, they will open themselves up to a lot of things. But over time, they will begin to be concerned with what they are hearing that is actually not lining up or bearing record with their soul as to be the God honest truth. And so now they're operating out of what we call reservations. They're in the midst of a crooked generation. They're in the midst of false prophets and false teachers. They're being tossed to and fro. They're open to hear, but they're not committing themselves to much of anything because they know something is wrong. Something is not right. Some of this stuff these folks is doing, I saw in the club. How can they be doing in the church what they were doing in the club? Techniques and methodologies and behavior patterns and attitudes and and personality types and the slick type and the subtle type and the mischievous type and the temptation types. And you begin to say, you know what? This is not right. And then God in his mercy, when you hunger for it, allows you to hear the truth of the gospel and gives you a way out of false religion. And you begin to make a beeline to the truth of the gospel. Am I telling the truth? You make a See, in Acts 13, what's wonderful is those Gentiles heard the Jews And they heard Paul and they heard the Jews and they heard Paul and they heard the Jews and they heard Paul. And when they heard Paul, they were glad they were glad. And that's why the spirit of God gave us verse 48. And as many as were ordained unto eternal life, believe Because the only way you can believe this gospel in a saving way is for God to have touched you by his spirit because he chose you in Christ because you were one of his lost sheep that he was bringing back to himself through the truth of the word of God. That's the only way you can believe the true gospel. Otherwise, anything goes. And so under that second rubric, uh, bearing witness to the work uh, to send Peter uh, to send, send Barnabas down is a virtuous act. And then we talk about confirming the souls through exhortation. That's exactly what he does over in verse, um, Acts chapter 11, verse 22, 23, who when he had came, he had and had seen the grace of God, was glad and exhorted them with purpose of heart that they would what? Cleave unto the Lord. You know what we call that? Marital language. So let me just be quick with this terse so I can deal with one more point. And that is when you're a brand new believer, you need to be told that you got to make your calling and election sure. 
Because a brand new believer does not know that there's a warfare raging. That if it could successfully take you out, it would. That it would cause you to deviate from the path of righteousness and cause you to be distracted by false religion and false teaching. And so not grant you that straight path to Jesus by which you are anchored in your soul to him as a man is anchored to his wife. See, that's marital language. For this cause shall a man leave his father and his mother and cleave unto his wife and the twain become what? One flesh. See, what we're talking about is full devotion to Jesus. Now, full devotion to Jesus requires you and I making our calling and election sure. Because not only do we, as we're going to learn on Sunday, not only do you and I have to fight with the world. Remember your early days of zeal for Christ? You were in the honeymoon phase and it was wonderful. You were on cloud nine. It was a wonderful event. But over a couple of months, maybe even a year, your zeal for Christ began to wane. And you were really struggling. You know why? Because some of the carnal things that you had put aside in your zeal for Jesus now starting to emerge again. Attracting you. Drawing you back into patterns of behavior that you really know are wasting your time. And so now what you're doing with your 24 hour period is you're giving Jesus a little bit, but the vast majority of your time, you're back to your old ways. This is causing you to struggle because you know this is not right. How can you grow in a relationship with someone with whom you don't spend time? And then when it goes two and three and four and five years, you are really in a mess because you are so retarded in your growth. So low in your zeal for God, your heart is convicted because you wasted your time. And so the best thing a new believer can be told to do is to run to Jesus with all of your heart, soul, mind and strength from the moment of your conversion. Can I use the language of John Bunyan for a second? Run, sinner, run. That's not Pilgrim's Progress. That's the message of running from hell to Christ and get to him as quick as you can. Run, sinner, run. Run, sinner, run. If I can expand on that while I've got your attention for those who are listening, it's like the man who inadvertently killed his neighbor and God had given a provision to run to a city of refuge. And he says, you better get going now because the redeemer, the avenger of blood is after you. And don't stop for hot dogs and don't stop for hamburgers. No in and out, no McDonald's, no pause, no hesitate. Get to the city of refuge as soon as you can and stay there until the death of the high priest. Until you know for sure that Christ, your high priest, has put away all of your sins. See, it it requires getting deeply rooted. And see, there's a lot of people who start well, but don't finish. So every one of the epistles from Romans all the way through to the book of Hebrews and even the uh, pastoral epistles, but certainly the epistles to the churches, Paul is constantly warning the church. Stay committed. Run, run, run. Don't be distracted. The goal of the devil is to distract you. So he can keep you from your inheritance and cause you to fall short of the glory of God. It's an amazing 
an amazing thing for us to contemplate because you and I right now are in the middle of that very exhortation because most of us are still living. Most of us are still healthy. Most of us are still uh, uh, relatively young. A few of us might have a few years to go. And those of you who have a few years to go, you are in the most danger. You are in the most danger. You and I are to run until we see him face to face. That really is the way it's supposed to be. Really, there is no ground for casualty with Jesus. Really, there's not. Because every day you and I are being tempted. And, and the temptations of the devil, the adversary, are so multitudinous. The, the variableness, uh, all of the things that are going on in this world, and the power of them to get a hold of the soul and keep you from looking up are bowing your knees to Jesus, are so forceful that you can go a whole week easy without spending any time in your word. Weeks, months, no time with Christ. I'm telling the truth. Am I telling the truth? See, 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 that's the danger we are in. And sometimes with people who, 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 who presume upon God and, and are operating out of that kind of delinquent cycle, there's a wind that blows and they are uprooted and they're gone and they never make it back because they did not make their calling and election sure. The one thing that you and I are to do is to make our calling and election sure. There's nothing more important eternity-bound soul, than to make sure you actually know Jesus. Be careful that you are not substituting biblical faith for presumption. How many times do I have to say that? Presumption is the false notion that you're secure, though there's no evidence that suggests that you're secure because you're so lazy-fair and so casual about your walk with Jesus that it does not evidence true saving faith. Am I making some sense? Very important. Very important. Listen, let people call you crazy. Let them call you crazy for for having your eyes and your heart and your mind fixed on Jesus. Let them call you crazy because you aren't going to acquiesce to every invitation here and every invitation there and to do this and to go here and to go yonder and waste your time with the harlot world system of Proverbs 5. So at the end of your life, you got nothing to show for your walk with Jesus. Let them think you're crazy because you're making your calling and election sure. Nail that verse to your heart, 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 10. Why you always committed to these things because I'm trying to anchor my soul in eternity. You want to join me? See what I'm saying? Very important. I I don't know about you, but I'm getting more gray hairs every day. Right? Getting old, aren't we? Getting old. Getting old. And before I slow down permanently, I want to make sure that I'm anchored. Because once you slow down, that's it. Once, once that old age sets in and you can't go any faster, you'll know it because I won't be walking down these stairs. I walk around. <laughs> and I won't be standing up anymore. I already said in a few years, I'm going to be sitting down when I pre- preach and teach. Like the Middle Eastern brethren. You know, Jesus and them sat down when they talked. I thought that was very economical to sit down when you talk. 
In the West, we stand up when we talk. I burn a lot of energy on Sunday when I preach. Because I'm walking hither and yon and all that. You can do that when you're young. 20 years from now, I won't be doing that. But I hope that 20 years from now, I'm still doing this. I hope 20 years from now, I'm still preaching the gospel. But it's not guaranteed. It's not guaranteed. It is not guaranteed you be here. Not guaranteed. I've seen many come and many go in this short life that we're living. So under the role of leadership, confirming the word of the Lord, bearing witness to the work, confirming the soul through exhortation. Let me just read one more verse with that, and then we'll close in prayer. We'll pick up the last two points next week. Acts chapter 14, verse 21 and 22. Acts 14. The apostle Paul is speaking to the churches, having also uh, gone through uh, for a second time him and Barnabas to exhort the brethren. And here's what we read over in um, verse 19. And, they, and there came thither, I'm sorry, uh, chapter 14, verse 22. So let me start at verse um, 20. Howbeit, as the disciples stood round about him, he rose up and came into the city of Lydda. The next day he departed with Barnabas to Derby, And when they had preached the gospel to that city and had taught many, they returned again to Lystra and to Iconium and Antioch, where we are in chapter 11, verse 22. Listen to these words. Confirming the souls of the disciples. Do you see that? Confirming the souls of the disciples. What a word. Confirming the souls of the disciples. So you're saved in the year 19... 75. Five years later, you're still hearing good preaching. Your soul is being confirmed. Ten years later, you're still hearing good preaching. Your soul is being confirmed. Twenty years later, in God's mercy, you're still hearing good preaching and teaching. Your soul is being confirmed. Your soul is being confirmed. What's happening? Faithful ministers of the gospel are still speaking into your souls the word of God. You now are being confirmed as you get older and older. You're being confirmed. You're being confirmed that you still know the gospel. You're being confirmed that you still believe it. You're being confirmed that you're still a child of God and you love the word of God. You're being confirmed that you're still on your way to glory. And the only way you and I can be confirmed is as the word of God is preached and taught and our heart bears record. Yes, this is the very truth that saved me a hundred years ago that's saving me now and will save me till the day I die. Confirming the souls of the believers, exhorting them to continue in the what? And that we must through much tribulation enter into the kingdom of God. He's right. He is so right. He's so right. So right. Again, for you babies, I'll stop here. When, uh, when God in his mercy revealed his glory to you and you came into the kingdom of God, you thought it was all roses and an easy path. You come to understand you're fighting against hell. You are fighting against hell. Am I telling the truth? Difficulties along the way, trials along the way, struggles along the way, enormous temptations along the way. You wonder sometimes, will you make it? It is so bad sometimes. I'm telling you the truth. I am not exaggerating. I wish I could exaggerate, but I can't because the fierceness with which hell comes after the eternity bound soul is worth us being honest about it. It's worth us being honest about it. 
Some days the warfare is so intense, so intense, so intense. We wonder if we're going to make it. That's true. We wonder if we're going to make it because we're so weak and so carnal and so sinful, so sinful. We need to be exhorted. We need to be exhorted. Don't harden your heart in the church. Don't give yourself over to the lust of the flesh. Don't let the world drag you away from Jesus. Cleave to the Lord. Cleave to the Lord with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength. It's worth it to make your calling and election sure. It's worth it for him to look upon your face on that day and say, well done, my good and faithful servant. It's worth it not to have him say to you, I don't know you at all. It's worth it. It's worth it. Well, you have been listening to Way of Grace with Pastor Jesse Gastand from Grace Bible Church here in Hayward. If you have questions or comments about the program, maybe you would like to learn more about us here at Grace Bible Church in Hayward. Reach out to us by simply calling 510-886-9782, or you can visit our website, grace-bible.com. That's grace-bible.com. Sunday services here at the church are 1030 in the morning. Friday evening is our Friday evening Bible study at 6.30. And man, we've got friends of the ministry from all over the Bay Area who join us for this Friday night Bible study. It is an amazing time of God's Word and sweet fellowship in Christ. 6.30 in the evening Tuesdays, our prayer time and a short Bible study as well. These meetings, again, the directions and information of which you can find at our website, grace Bible. Dot com or by calling 510-886-9782. This program continues to air here on this radio station and on the World Wide Web because you partner with us financially and prayerfully. Thank you for your support. No gift is too small. No gift is too large. And you can either give on a monthly basis or it's a one-time gift. It is all tax deductible, and again, the biggest part of your partnership with us is that we get to continue ministering the gospel of grace here in the Bay Area and all over the world. Consider that as you contact us and join us again next time for another broadcast of Way of Grace with Pastor Jesse Gastan. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.